Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Hello everyone. Welcome to church. Just tap someone next to you and say, Het is lekker by die werk, maar het is lekker daar by die kerk. Ons, uh, so, who started shutdown? So, we, we're entering into that time. We're coming out alive, everyone, please. Don't be in despair. We're going to make it. You made it last year. You're going to make it this year again. Amen? Yes. Cool. Let me just pray before I start. Father, I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you for tonight. Thank you for every person that's here, Lord. Thank you for this town. Thank you for every job opportunity in this town that you have created and that is feeding people and families. You are really good to us, Lord. I want to pray, Lord, for this time of shutdown. And I pray that you will give peace, Lord, to everyone and joy and hope and endurance, Lord. I pray that it will be a time, Lord, where people will actually turn to you and Cecil, Lord, and every company that works there. I pray that it will be a time where people will get hope. And maybe people think this is a time of great work. May it be a time where you do a great work in the hearts of people. And use us, Lord. Use this congregation and use the other believers in town to really shine light at this time, a light of hope, Lord. And may there be many opportunities, Lord, for us to share our faith with people, Lord. We just give this time in your hand. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Great. We, we're finishing up with a little bit of a, I guess you can call it a series, the last few sermons kind of fit together. Don't worry, you will be okay if you only arrived here tonight. Um, each sermon stands on its own, but they're kind of of the same family. Um, and, and we're talking a little bit about endurance in the faith and, and talking about trials and stuff. And um, I just feel I need to say this. I don't specifically like trials and tribulations, all right? And the last three weeks I've been talking about it a lot. The only reason I do it is because there's a big misperception around the gospel. And at least once or twice a year we need to talk about this, all right? Um, And so when I talk about these trials and things that come your way, I'm not saying that we should invite more trials into our life. I'm not saying it's great when you are getting hammered by life. No, it sucks. We don't like it. 
All I am saying is that it is a reality and you and I cannot get away from it. So what does the Bible say about it? And, and it's just interesting, um, when we were singing that song, You're a Good Father, um, I've heard a thousand stories of what you like. Let me tell you what most of the stories about God, most perceptions believers have today is that the moment I come to God, I will have no troubles. And that is not true. And I want to take us through Scripture. I want to show that it will be a reality for us. But more important is that you profit and that you gain from the trials that you face. Because that is a promise for us, which is different. A believer can come out of a trial, out of a difficult time, out of a heartbreak, out of a retrenchment, and actually come out with vince, profit, spiritual profit. And that is what we need to fight for. Are you with me? So let's quickly look at a few things. Remember last week, I just had these two examples about expectations, right? Expectations is very important for us. Just think about it for a moment. Um, someone can be in a war, it's as far as Gump, and, and, they, and they actually can have a lot of joy because they've been prepared for this war. They went to the army for training for several months. At the end, they got into the field. The bombs are the way they told them it was going to be. It is hectic, the jungle. There's a lot of stuff that bites you. But, but there's a possibility that someone might have a lot of joy because they've been prepared for it. This is war. But if you go on your honeymoon to Mauritius and the war breaks out, it's not ideal, okay? I don't think you're going to be happy about it because you've not prepared for it, right? Misschien is al war junkies, wat net soos hoop. Jy weet. I use the example, if we take one of these couples that's going on a honeymoon soon, let's say Brown and Robin, and I say, guys, let me show you your honeymoon suite, which you've paid a lot of money for, and I take them into my bedroom, they will be disappointed, because it's just that there's a bed and there's space and stuff, but it's not really a honeymoon suite. It's a bedroom where people live and also kas en kleere and tekkies op die grond. But if I say, let me take you to your jail cell where you're going to have to sleep tonight and, and so they're like coming with the cuffs and I'm opening the door and it's my bedroom, they'd say, ha, oh, nice place. You know, I, we, 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 we can sleep here, that's okay. Because, you know, what you expect and then what gets revealed is very important. So what should be respected? Expected. When you come to God, what, 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 how should you frame your mind as a believer? Now, I'm going to make one or two assumptions. I'm going to make an assumption you want to follow Jesus. That's why you are here. And you want to gear yourself for life ahead. All right? That's my assumption. And what I want to do is help you with healthy expectations of what you might get in your life next week, next month, next year. Are you ready? Now, um, this is a very interesting uh, piece of scripture. Before I read it, let me just, let me just um, tell you how bad we are as humans. We're so bad at setting expectations. 
Who knows those little cards with the scriptures on? You sometimes get in your umas eyes, you You like uh, draw one, like I can do all things for Christ. Yes, on a good day, yes. God so loved the world, and and it's all the great things are on those cards. Have, have you ever draw one of those cards that says, "I have learned to be happy when I have nothing." Philippians 4, just before I can do all things in Christ. Have you draw a card that says, if you are an heir of God, you will be a fellow heir provided you suffer with him. Now, you won't get one of those cards because we don't like setting the right expectations. We're terrible with it. What about this one? But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Those don't come on cards. Okay, They're only in the Bible. And unfortunately, these cards and Facebook posts leads us to a perception and expectation. And then it's very difficult for us to be victorious as believers. And that's what I want to shatter tonight. Great. 1 Peter 4 verse 12. Now, this is seven of the most brutal verses. You'll get stacked together. They don't make the cards. But, but let's, let's do them together because there's light at the end of a tunnel. And I, I call them... Peter's moment of love because he's helping the people. I wanted to call it Peter's preparation for war or Peter's bomb or something like that. But just follow me here. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you. You won't find that on a card. To test you as though something strange were happening to you. How many times do I hear this? I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to have a job. I'm a Christian. It's, it's supposed to go well with me. All right? Depends on what you mean by that. There is truth in that. Let's carry on. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. Not on a card. That you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. Let's go on. If you are insulted... Can you believe that person spoke to me like that? That should not happen. But, in fact, you are blessed <laughs> because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. It carries on. This is an incredible piece of scripture. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. That, that's important. Don't invite suffering on yourself. We're going to get to that. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to whose will? I'll break a theology box of two. Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Oh, that's difficult. For me to read this to you. 
but I love you. The whole Bible, amen? There is times in your life, I don't have all the answers, where you will be put on a crossfit barn spiritually. Okay? We understand it in the natural. Very good. We understand that you must put your body through fiery trials to be the best, but we don't understand it spiritually. Need to make a shift. There is times when you will be placed on the spiritual training grounds. And spiritually, it would, it, you can make the analogy your body feels when it burns. That's when he's busy with you. That's when he's busy with you. But you will be stronger when he's done. We're going to talk about a few things. Some of you are going to get some answers tonight. Some of you are going to leave here with questions. That's good. As long as you converse with God. Just to summarize that piece, that's a very short piece. If we go to the next slide. Verse 12, expect fiery trials. 13, sharing in Christ's suffering. Expect to be insulted. Man. Expect to suffer as a Christian. Suffer according to God's will. I didn't even put in there that judgment starts in the house of God because I don't want to explain that tonight. So, so expectations. When you come to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, it will surely be forgiven. Oh. But the godly and the ungodly will face trials in this life. Remember the example last week? Man comes into a school classroom, and I'm sorry for the brutal story, but this is the life and the world we live in. Man comes in with an automatic weapon, starts to shoot. Happened numerous times in America, Pakistan. Who dies? Believers and the unbelievers. The parents that suffer the loss of children, are the Christian parents... Are they excluded? No. A tsunami hits who dies, the believers and the unbelievers. Okay? The expectation is that we will face trials. The question is then how, Lord, why? Why why, and how? How should we approach this? One of the main reasons people fall away from the faith is because when they come to faith, a pastor or a young believer tells them your problems are over. Three weeks later, they walk away from God. Maybe he loves that person, but not me because I'm going through this trial. I don't think he loves me. And they walk away. Let me tell you what. It does not mean that God has left the building if you go through a difficult time. Please. He loves you very much. If we can just go to the next slide. I'm just giving a summary before I, I'm going to go for it. In those verses also gives us some advice. Uh, verse 12 says, Christian, do not be surprised. Do not be, do not be caught off guard by a difficult time. Verse 13, it says, rejoice. So it, it names these difficult things, but it also gives us guidance in what to do with our hearts. Verse 14 says, if you are insulted, you are blessed. In verse 16 it says, as you suffer, remember to glorify God. Wow, it's amazing. 
19 says, suffer according to God's will. In the meantime, it says, trust in God and remain to do good. That's what Peter tells us in those few verses. Loaded. Now, two important points. And then we're going to end up with four truths of Christian suffering. Four promises. Just give your, the person sitting next to you a high four. It's a bit different. You just you need to get if you if you can get your thumb at the back, you can do it. But a high four. I'm going to give you four promises of suffering. That's what that's where we're landing tonight. Okay. Now, two important points. Number one, believers and unbelievers will experience trials, but it will look different. That's very important. Very important. Now, I'm going to generalize. And I have to say, look for the principle. I don't know which each one of you are going through, all right? I don't know what you feel, how you experience it emotionally. What I do know is that there's timeless truths that if you take it, you can apply it to your life. Does that make sense? Now, unbelievers, I know how they think because I was one and sometimes I still act like one, all right? What unbelievers do, those who do not have a faith in Christ, and including that group, sometimes myself and immature believers, is we run away from trials that we are supposed to go through. All right? As a faithless person or someone that at this moment is not connected to God, our instinct is to run from a trial. Okay? A trial comes your way. It can be a very natural thing. Something you must go through. Something that, and, and this can actually be something as simple as an exam. There's different things that, that inflicts you know, that emotional burden on us. It can be fighting for purity in a relationship before marriage. It can be many things. It's not only people chasing you with guns. All right? But the pattern in the life of the non-Christian is that as we run from one trial, we run into another. But what actually happens is the trial that was before us is something we should face, but now we fall into another one. Let me give you an example. Um, you don't like conflict. I don't like conflict. I do it. God gives me power for it. I don't like it. So there's something in your marriage that's not great. And what needs to happen is a good, healthy confrontation. That, that's a challenge, right? That's, no one likes it. But now the challenge is you should do it, but you don't do it. So you run away. But now the pressure builds. And then one night, boom! There's copies, there's pirings, there's like, this is aliens that are on the Because there was a challenge you had to face. You run away, you run into the next one. All right? God is busy working in your life. He gives you the opportunity to overcome something. You run away from that test and you fall into sin. Okay? That's the pattern of trials in the life of the unbeliever. Let me give you a little bit more of a spiritual example. So, there's someone you know or someone in your family that is sick or someone passed away, but you don't want to deal with that. You don't, the, the, does he do it in You don't want to get into that. 
and 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 so you don't you don't phone and you don't come too close because what can I say? So you so you don't enter. That's a great opportunity. It's a trial. It's difficult to enter it, but what you do is you avoid it. And so when it comes into your life, it, it totally falls over you. You see, God was busy wanting to prepare you. There's a one guy that says, if if um, if a sickness is in your neighborhood, go pray for that person in their house because it's coming your way. <laughs> so stop it there. But you see, we are programmed to run away, but we always run into the next thing. We fall into it. But we are called to face what is in front of us as believers. So there's two people. One person is a believer in Christ. There's a trial that comes before him. And he should face it and go through it. The unbeliever on this side should face the same trial, but he runs from it. So it looks like he's having the easy life, but he's going to fall into a ditch that side. Both will have trials. It's coming both. All right. If you go through a difficult time when you're a believer, face it, go through it. It's not only us. Are you with me tonight? Second thing I want to say about trials before I go on is there is trials and pain that is self-inflicted. Okay? These require repentance and obedience. What this means is there's a way for you to get yourself into extra special trouble. It is not planned from God. That's the enemy stealing from you. That's not the part where it says, if it's necessary for God or planned by God. This is planned by you. All right? Let me give you an example. Okay? Don't view your marriage as a sacred thing. And you will end up in serious trouble. Think it is a joke. Think it's just a thing. You'll, you can have the next one. You are bringing upon yourself affliction that is unnecessary. Now, you're going to have enough affliction in your life already. Okay? So to pile up it means you're a sucker for punishment, okay? If you know every month, if you eat out or buy the thing you should not buy in the beginning, because every month the pattern is the same, and the end of a month you don't have money for basic things, and you do it next month again, this is not God taking you through a trial. Are you with me? That is you, and you hear it for vessel, and you say, slut, never going to go rough on. So repentance and obedience diffuses the situation. And next month, at the end of a month, can you not steal bry in yet? Okay? And so when I talk about trials coming up, I'm going to talk about four promises in trials. I'm not talking about these. Because let's let's go just back one again. Thank you, Christmas. Number two, a lot of those tension, they are dissolved when you come to repentance. 
And, and you experience it in a relationship. I experienced it in my marriage. I do something, I know I'm wrong, and now there's tension in my home. And I'm thinking, mm, And then I think, because I did that in And then, when I, then I think I'm going to have quiet time of God the next morning. And then on every page, God changes the words. Go speak to your wife and say you're sorry. No, turn, the, turn to a new book, same thing. And so I go to my wife and I say, I'm so sorry. I was so wrong. <sighs> Trial ended. The temperature and the tension in the house has changed immediately. Because certain trials just require you saying, God, I'm sorry, telling the person you're sorry, accepting God's forgiveness, accepting their forgiveness, take your joy and go on. Don't keep your life busy with number two. That will make you a foolish person. A sucker for punishment. Amen. Life's too short. These is very good to avoid them. They're not from God. That's why that scripture says, don't suffer because you're a, a murderer, right, or a thief, or a meddler. There'll be just causes for suffering on the way. Okay, everyone with me? So, let's talk about these trials that you will face in your life. Now, I'm not going to give you answers for all these things, but different people experience different things as trials. For some of you, if you should join a new company, that's the most excitement thing in your life. You're like, yeah, they've got a cool coffee machine, and yes, all those things. For some of you, you dread the day you walk into a new office. Trials looks different for us. Okay, and sometimes something that I think, but that's not a trial, is really a trial for my wife. Okay, I'm not talking about people chasing you with guns here. I'm talking about emotional things that comes your way that you must overcome, and sometimes it is physical as well. All right, but there's four promises that God gives the believer, and what's important to note is that the unbeliever must go without these. They face their troubles, and at the end of it, there's only despair. At the death of a family member, that's just, there's, there's, not, there's no hope beyond, there's no comfort. It's just despair upon despair. And so they face their troubles. But we should face ours differently because there's promises made to us. Are you ready? You ready for number, for number one? We've got four. Number one, you need to catch this. In trials, he will be with you. He will be with you. Don't look at that line as a cliche. Let me tell you what. He will be with you. No trial that comes on your road can take him and separate him from you. 
it is the deepest, the deepest peace that you can experience. And that's why that man wrote the song, It is well with my soul after his family died. He says, when sorrows like sea billows roll, because it's the sea that swallowed his family, it is well with my soul, because what happens, the sea cannot separate God from our heart. And you need to look beyond circumstances into your spirit and know he is with me. If you are not sure whether you are bringing pain on yourself, repent before God. Ask forgiveness of any sin you can think of. Draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. But as you go on your journey, know this, somewhere in your life, you're going to have to bury a parent or a son or a daughter or a friend. Somewhere on your journey, something is going to happen. It's going to break your heart. Know this, he will never leave you. And that sings to the believer as well with my soul. And so when two people go through the same thing and one is a believer, there's a light that bursts out of that person because how can he smile? How can he remain graceful? It's a miracle that gives you the opportunity to lead someone to Jesus. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear in the dread of him. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. You need to get this. The word to Joshua before he needs to take the land and there's giants and big people. There's a, that's why he's a hero. Because he took the challenge in front of him. He went in, he took the land. And there's something in me that wants to run away to Mauritius. There's a hut there or something. But here the man is called into war. And the promise is, do not be dismayed and frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. That's a challenge on the road to obedience. This is not a challenge because of sin. It's a challenge on the road. This man is being obedient and now he must go into war. And there's times when it will happen in your life. He is with you. Are you with me? I want to go faster. In trials, number two, promise number two, in trials, he will give you community. Number one, God will not leave you. And if you are in a healthy church, which I wish or hope we are, I think we are, not only will you have God with you, but you will have people around you. Unless you willfully forsake the fellowship of a people. But you're not supposed to go through these things alone. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Why? Because we need it. The Bible knows the truth. We show our friends, sometimes when we're in the flesh, we're so smooth, we're okay. Look at this cool car, I just got, I'm okay. But the truth is, you need building up. 
because you're facing some stuff and you don't really have great friends because you're not telling them about the stuff you're facing. should not be the same here. Tell them that they may build you up and that you not experience loneliness. Hebrews 3 verse 12 is talking on promise number 2. He'll give you a community. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Exhort one another. Build one another up is what it means. Every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. That piece in Hebrews talk about hardships. It says, exhort one another. Some of the more senior people here tonight will help us who are young. If you go, I'm generalizing, to, to most families where there's a grandfather, and it um, doesn't matter how rich or how poor, doesn't matter what that person has accomplished. And you go to that person, you ask them, what is the most precious thing that can happen to you this weekend? If you look back, what is the moment in your life that, that shoots above the rest? What do you think he will say? Who wants to take a guess? What will grandpa say? He looks back over his life and he says, this has been the moment. What would he say? Anyone take a guess? Birth of grandchildren. Anyone else? I think he will probably say when the family came together. Birth of grandchildren on the same playing field. The greatest thing that can happen to me this weekend is if they do not forget about me and they drive to my house. That we can have that lunch again. You see, as we get older, we get wiser. And we pick up what really matters. It is not circumstances. It is relationships with people. And some of us, some people only learn it when they're on in a place in their life when they can no longer enjoy their wealth, which they have worked for very hard. Something happened. They're old now. They can't walk. And they only wish that someone can be there next to them. And suddenly... My stuff has become small. But if there can be someone here tonight, that will mean a lot to me. And that's one of the foundational promises for us. If you need to make a decision, this is, this is very hard. God won't ask you to do this. But if you're going to have a very difficult decision, if you need to decide today, in your life, you can have great circumstances but no friends. Or you can have circumstances that looks like trials but have great friends. What will you choose? As you grow in spiritual maturity, you'll say, bring the war, but give me friends. Bring me a wife that will stand by me. Give me a husband that will know and understand me. Give me kids that would love to come home. That one day when they get married, they respect me on, on their wedding day. Give, give me people. And there's one thing the enemy cannot kill. It's the church. Did you know that? 
You cannot kill the church. It's impossible. They've tried it. There's been wars. They've burned the pastors. The churches grow. They shoot the churches. They just meet somewhere else. Wherever you go in life, if you have a place you call church, friends, small group, as you go through trials, not only will God be with you, there will always be people. This carried me through the difficult times in my life. Don't underestimate, underrate the power of community. Where does the unbeliever go in those dark moments? He hides his cancer, does not want to tell the family. He hides the fact that there's a sickness in a private part of his body. Because what will his friends say? will take his manliness. So he's alone. Should not be like that here. I'm talking about mature things and a lot of us here are still young. Learn it today. Catch it today. Arm yourself for life. Are you with me? People are more comforting than comfortable circumstances. I'll tell you that. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It says many things will fall away. Love will not fall away. It doesn't matter what the hardship, does not matter what the trial the church will not die. They will be there to help you, your friends, and God will be there. What is the most precious moments for those of you that's, that's been in a small group for a while? What is the, the moments that jump up? Just think for a moment that you just remember about cell, about small group. I'll answer it. It's when someone came up with something and when they say what has happened to them or in their marriage, you think, God, I'm not equipped to say anything right now. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just out of my depth. And then the cell group, it's just And then uh, someone comes and there's no words, and they just. And those are the cells I remember. You see, friends are more comforting than circumstances. Amen? And that's a promise for you today. If you've not experienced this, I do want to encourage you plug in. I'm not ashamed to say this is a good church of good small groups. Come to the inside. Not supposed to be alone. Amen? Number three. Only believers will understand this is, this is Chinese. For unbelievers and for believers who have lost their intimacy with Christ. Number three. In trials, he will help you with something that should be your heart's desire, he will make you more like Jesus. 
He will form you in trials, in those difficult times. He will shape you to be more like Jesus. That means nothing for the unbeliever or for the believer that has lost his intimacy with Jesus. But you are going to face trials. Let them serve you. Um, I think it's Romans. The God, of, the God of peace will soon cross Satan underneath your feet. You're not even supposed to look Satan in the eye because you're standing on his head. All right. What it means is what, what he throws at you or the trials you go through are supposed to serve you in that the world throws a trial, but you are winning because you're becoming more like Christ. All right? Check this out. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. It's also 1 Peter. 1 Peter, okay? So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now that's a long verse. What it means is when Christians go through trials with their eyes on God, Jesus gets glorified. So let your trials count. Let them count. Don't go through a difficult time and not take the spoils. Take it. Let it serve you. Let it shape you. Hebrews 12 verse 2. We're almost done. Looking to Jesus, we're looking to his example, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy who was set before him endured the cross. When you go through a cross situation, a difficult situation, Scripture says pick up your cross, right? Christ picked up his. Not only do you become like Christ in character, but you actually emulate him. You are just like your master, all right? And he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. What is he saying? He's saying, there's nothing you will face that he did not face already. There's nothing you will face that he has not faced. He's not a God that shouts, Hey, you don't have to honor no, he came down, got beaten, experienced hell, pay for our sins. And in a little way, you'll never have to go to hell like him, all right? In a little way, you emulate your master. You are becoming like him. The unbeliever also goes through trials, but their mind has nothing to hold on to. Why is this happening to me? Why is the world so unfair? I, I, I'm just going to never talk to that person again. When the believer, when this happens, there's, there's a moment of enlightening. Oh, he's with me. These people are with me and I'm going to become more like Christ. So in this trial, I will remain joyful and forgiving. I will not grow better. I don't think 
there's more trials for the believer and less for the unbeliever. Some people will go through hell in their lives. It's just exceptional people that really suffer. And they might be believers or not. Here's the thing. You will go through your fair share of difficult times. So will another person. Let it count. Amen? Let it count. Number four. Last one. Guys, please, I'm just saying this again. I'm not saying you should make or wish for suffering. All I am saying is this time of the year, it's important that we talk about it because it is a reality. All right? Sometimes in our 20s, we think bad things will not happen to us, only to other people. But we have... stopped we're not at the place where we sit at the feet of older people anymore because we think Google will tell us go and talk to someone a grandparent and they will tell you so prepare ourselves to be warriors to be conquerors number four after the trials awaits a sweet destiny and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. I'm repeating myself over and over. Unbelievers will suffer. Believers will suffer. But believers suffers with Jesus. In order that we may be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. It's the one hope. All of the, these four are all important. It's the one hope the unbeliever, the atheist, the person who does not know Jesus can never cry. They can never cry, one day this will be over. I imagine going through trials in this life. Imagine, imagine facing your fair share. And at the end of life, there's no relief. There's only hell. Wow. Without that, that's depressing. God is with you. There's people called to stand with you and you with them. He's making you more like Christ and at the end there is relief. One day it will be over. And there's something in us that should cry out for the perfection of our faith. There's something in us and there's something in me that just knows I'm, I'm longing for the day that I am complete. And the believer can say, Lord, one day, one day, one day. If you are sick, what's on Paul? Paul mag so. Paul het kanker, is my vriend. We pray for him a lot. We're going to pray for him tonight again. 
And Paul's going to get healed. In this life or the next. In this life or the next. But his healing is coming. Every day is one day closer. In this life or the next. There is hope. There's a promise for the believer that the world cannot share in. I don't know all of you guys, you maybe have a dad, yourself suffering with something. You will be healed in this life or the next. It's coming. And so when we walk and we face trials, we're supposed to be different. And as a community, let's not shy away when someone stands in front of opposition. Let's come next to them. Shoulder to shoulder. Amen. That's enough talk about suffering. Put it in your book. Put it in your spirit. Keep it there. Let it be godly wisdom in your life. Because maybe you're having really a great year. Listen, let me tell you what. There's a lot more to sing and be joyful for than sufferings. It's just also a reality. And in this church, not one person should fall away because of a trial. And that's why I talk through this. And you'll, go, you'll get to many places where suffering is not on the table. But the thing is, when it happens, people don't know what to do. Firstly, you can expect it. All right? But know these four promises and stand strong in it. Let's stand up tonight. So if you are sick in your body, quickly come to the front. Or if there's someone in your family that we should pray for tonight, we're going to pray. We're going to do community. Where's the other people that needs a breakthrough in your body? Or a um, or a tani, or a, or a mom, or a dad. He's karma. Can I get some leaders? We're going to gather around these people because we still pray for the healing. It's going to come in this life or the next. Right? We're not saying we love suffering, let's leave it. If, if you need prayer, just face this way so we can see who's praying and who needs prayer. Great, 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 great. Awesome. Just some small group leaders to come help pray, please. We're going to stand with these people. We're going to hug them. We're going to minister to them. These four things into their spirits. Anyone else that wants to be included in this? Cool. So what I want you to do is I want you to partake, everyone. Um, if you know someone here, I want you to pray for that person, even if you don't know what they need to pray for. If you don't know anyone here, just pray for someone. But let's just give a moment that we don't rush. And um, let, let's minister to these guys.
while they pray in front, um, I just want to pray for us this side as well. If you let's just close our eyes for a moment, because some people may be a bit shy, but if you're really going through a trial right now, um, and you want to be included in a prayer, just quickly put up your hand and say, that's me. I'm, I'm facing something. I'm facing something. Lord, I just want to thank you for every person in this place. Oh, your promise is sure. They can take some comfort away, these trials. They can maybe let us lose balance, but they cannot take your presence away. You remain with them. Thank you for people that surround them, that can minister to them. Lord, you are busy with us. We dread the day when you say, you are done with us. But you won't. You say, you will finish the work that you've started in us. Philippians 1 verse 6. And some of this finishing might have to do with what they are facing right now. Finish up, Lord. Grow them. Shape them. Mold them. And one day, Lord, there will be no more next trial. There will be no more pain and aches. There will be no more worries. Sometimes we just have to long for that day, Lord. And I just minister to everyone from that place. Lord, even if a lot of people are young here, one day, what we experience here, what makes us human, the heartaches, the heartbreaks, the worry, the uncertainty, the pain, well, one day it will be gone. Thank you that we are safe and secured, saved. building some depth into this congregation so go and sit on this tomorrow morning if you've made notes go back to it pray it into your spirit get it into your system we're moving on from suffering and trials we've stayed there and endurance okay but take what we've handled the last three weeks into your spirit and carry it with you amen